Hey, podcasters, this is a good one. Hey, we're going to step into the realm of the unseen as Pastor Rick and Pastor Matthew engage in a thought-provoking and enlightening discussion about the undeniable reality of spiritual warfare. This is captivating podcast episode, and these two dynamic spiritual leaders delve deep into the trenches of the spiritual battle that shapes our lives, uncovering profound insights and practical strategies to equip you for the fight. Take a listen and enjoy the challenge. Good morning. Good morning to those of you joining us online. This is our road detour set up uh, from our little weekly video cast that we do. If you don't catch that, you might want to. By the way, as I told Matthew this, you guys are the greatest people ever. We asked for 20 people. We had like 80 people get up and, and walk out and uh, or or else they really not as in love. With oh. <laughs> but no, really, uh, man, appreciate it. God has been really good to us and appreciate your flexibility in making all of this happen. So we're starting a new series called war and we're talking about spiritual warfare we wanted to start this series off a little bit differently thus we're doing this little uh back and forth conversation i think you're going to find this very very interesting we're going to jump right in hmm. and by uh, and the three questions that we're trying to answer they're in your worship folder you're going to need a pen we're going to talk about a lot of scripture that's it's not written for you there you're going to want to jot this down and it's probably going to be some stuff especially if you are from a strong Southern Baptist background, you may have never heard before in your life. So we'll start with the question, why are we studying this? Well, first of all, I guess the Bible has a lot to say about it, right? Well, it has a lot to say. So the primary reason would be because the Bible talks about it. We need to talk about it, right? So if we're going to holistically look at God's word, we need to talk about everything that's in there. And so one of the things that I began to do is just research, you know, how much, because spiritual warfare can be, crazy, right? I mean, there's a lot that comes with spiritual warfare. And so I just began to look at research. Hey, what does the Bible have to say? You guys know January, we started our Bible reading plan and with the book of Genesis. And uh, clearly right early on, you see starts with spiritual warfare, right? The snake, right? And we're going to put a pin on the snake. We will come back to that story. Okay. But secondly, um, but then what does the New Testament have to say? And one of the things that I thought was so interesting is that every single book of the Bible in the New Testament talks about spiritual warfare. Which is not. I need you to pause and let that sink in because we're still settling into this has really started. Every single New Testament book talks about spiritual warfare. Every single one. There's nine writers in the New Testament. Okay, so some of this is going to be like statistics. It's just kind of, I found interesting for me. And so I thought, hey, look, I'll use some of the statistics just to talk with this. So there's nine primary writers in the New Testament. Okay. And Every single one of them knew about, talked about, again, spiritual warfare. It's easy to conclude, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. Jesus is like all throughout, talking all throughout the Gospels. So clearly, uh, Jesus talked about spiritual warfare, and so it makes sense that it's in those books of the Bible. But what I found so interesting is the specific scripture that's mentioned in other books of the Bible. For instance, um, James chapter 4, verse 7, he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So evidently... He knew that there was going to be some pushback, right, of Satan. Uh, Paul, we talk about him, Paul wrote so much. I thought this was interesting. I actually have two sermons that's going to be looking in at Ephesians chapter 6. Every single chapter in Ephesians has something to do with spiritual warfare. Um, Peter, 1 Peter 5, 8, this is uh, a lot of people that, that understand and talk about spiritual warfare or just the the craziness of life. He, he says this, your adversary, the devil, Satan, is roaming around like some vicious lion seeking whom he can destroy. 
And so I need you to, to look at me and hear this. Do you understand that in an unseen world, that there is a force that is at work that wants to undo you? A force that wants to undo you spiritually, right? That what the, the soul, uh, your soul is so valuable that there's a war between heaven and hell for your soul. And that in this world, there, that that spiritual force is like a lion trying to undo your testimony, your walk with God, your marriage, your parenting, everything about you. And we don't live like it's real. We don't live like it's happening every day in our lives. And that's what this is about, moving us toward about, not the lamp over, let me move my chair just a hair. We don't live like it is happening around us constantly all the time. You know, one of the things, that, as you just mentioned, I haven't even said this in the other messages or the times, is that the Bible talks about that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And some of us, we've been through a lot of stuff and we didn't die. And so we're thinking, oh, I'm good. Meanwhile, Satan has stolen our first love. He's stolen our joy, our hope, right? He's stolen uh, the intimacy that we have within our, in our marriage. So he, he, here's one of the things we talked about in the other services. One of our young ministers, we, we've been talking about this among our staff for a while. I said, dude, if, if you guys got a, a, a baby, I said, if you're praying, God is great, God is good over your, over your kid, Wow. That's not sufficient. Right? These are little nice, give me a healthy, let everything be good, I'm a kid be nice. That is not pushing against spiritual opposition that wants to devour your family. Yeah. And and, and we have we have neglected to look at this like it matters. Yeah. Something wants to destroy your family. And are we, are we coming against that? And we, we talk about this in terms of opposition. So as a church, and you'll see this, when the church pushes into the darkness, that, that would be what the scripture calls the world, darkness. You push into the darkness, there will be an opposition pushing back against you. Yeah. If that's personally, the same thing's going to happen. If you are growing spiritually, if your marriage, man, you're, you're, you're doing the thing yeah, you're supposed good. to do as a couple, you push, there will be a push back. That is spiritual warfare. That's really good. Jude chapter one, verse nine, one of the smallest books in the Bible. You'd be thinking, oh, there can't be a whole lot here. Interesting. And you've done a lot of research on this, but the archangel Michael and Satan himself, like actually duked it out, right? A crazy story. O over the body of Moses. Right. Right. Verses nine and 10. There is a fight for the body of Moses between archangel Michael and Satan. And the archangel Michael will not directly confront uh, Satan. He uses the name of Jesus. So, so here's one of the things we want is for people not to be afraid of this, but to be confident because you're on the winning team if you were following Jesus. The battle rages on, but that our weapon of warfare, there's really two of them, truth, and Matthew's going to talk about that in a moment, but the second one is the name of Jesus Christ, is that we use the name of Jesus Christ. Michael the Archangel did. Uh, now, look at me and make sure you get this. That only works if he is your father. That's good. It only works if he is your father, right? Uh, if, if my kids call my name for help, they're going to get a response. Your kids, maybe not so much. <laughs> right? I don't mean that bad, right? Wow. I know. I know. No winning at that word. But you understand what I'm saying? Is that when you call your daddy's name, your daddy hears, especially in the perfect sense of our relationship with Jesus. You know, well, it's, it just kind of hit me, though, is that if... There is a battle for the body of Moses then, 
Why would we not think there's a battle for our lives now? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I got a question for you. How many of you believe in heaven? Sure. I hope you do. Yeah. If you believe that what you cannot see is real, more real than what you can see, then you've got to believe this is real. Yeah. Right? So stay with me. If every book in the New Testament talks about this, how come you've never heard about it? How come your church has never studied it? How come you've never been taught how to deal with this in your life? How many things do you st struggle with continually, right? Continually, because nobody ever addressed the issue. And I'm going to show you what happened in Southern Baptist life. I was born in 1960. In 1970, the Jesus Revolution happened, right? And charismatic things happened everywhere. And, and Baptist people have always been afraid of a movement of God. We want everything controlled, right, in a box. And as those stories told about a guy who came to worship at a Baptist church and he got all in the spirit and he's waving his hands. And people got all uncomfortable because that's what they do in a Baptist church. And, and they said, somebody got to go talk to that guy. So they sent a deacon to talk to him and said, man, you know, what's wrong with you? He said, man, nothing's wrong with me. He said, I got the spirit. The guy looked at him and said, well, you didn't get the spirit here, dude. So <laughs> that's Baptist church, right? So watch this. The pendulum swings on the side of your charismatics and they see everything as having a spiritual root or cause. Wow. It swings the other way in Baptist life and nothing does. And that's a, both of them are wrong. I need you to hear me. Both of them are absolutely wrong. Wow. Is it where you want to be is somewhere here. Is that the spiritual things are very real and they do happen in our world. We're going to talk about that. But not everything. You put a pair of glasses on. If you're looking for Satan, he's easy to see. And that's all you'll see. But if you're looking for Jesus, he's easy to see too. And you need to be looking for God. Look for Jesus. Look for God. Don't get caught up in going, oh man, Satan's in the movies, in the music, he's in ever. He is. Look for Jesus. One of the things is you're saying that, I don't know, I, I was born in 79. Okay, so one of the things that my generation um, had to dealt with is that I remember this time when my mom came home and made me burn all my ACDC CDs. I don't know. Uh, 8-track tapes right here, 8-track tapes. <laughs> and so what's crazy is, right, is that, again, like you said, this pendulum continues to swing back and forth. And so even in my generation, you had a, I think they wanted to talk about things, but it ended up pushing my generation so far away from it. And so one of the things that we've talked about, even amongst ourselves, is this whole concept of, hey, when we come to Jesus, when we make Jesus our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus puts onto us his righteousness. That's called imputed righteousness, okay? But then the difficulty is now that there's an imputed righteousness, there's still a practical righteousness. In other words, Jesus, God may look at us and see Jesus, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Satan will. In other words, or your neighbor, or our neighbor, right? There you go. Especially if we're in Walmart and we have some crazy stuff. <laughs> so, but again, so, but we have this practical walking out of our faith, but also this practical application of scripture to live victoriously. And so one of the things, go ahead. Well, I, I just want to say, because we have so much to cover, uh, we're, we're addressing it, and the majority of you will never have heard it addressed before. Mm -hmm. And one of our goals is this, is we want to be Bible over Baptist. That's good. And we love our Baptist roots, but we love our Bible more. And, uh, and we're going to address, if every book of the Bible addresses this, then we need to be addressing it. We're going to. Second thing I would tell you is under this first point, what do we want you walking out doing? We want you walking out asking what's really going on here. That's really good. So you're going to you're gonna get in the car, you're going to have an argument with your wife about some stupid thing, right? And you'll be so mad you could choke the life out of them, right? 
I, I need you to pause. I need you to pause and go, wait a minute, what's really going on? Well, because Satan's goal is to divide you, mm. create division. Same thing at church. Somebody makes you mad at church. I need you to pause and say, what's going on here? So this happened to my wife and I two weeks ago at, not at the Choctaw Walmart, but at a Walmart. <laughs> We're walking through Walmart and this lady just yells at us. Just, I've told you before, guys, I have anger issues. And if you want to, to trigger them, scream at me. And, and she's, she's screaming at me in the Walmart. And, uh, and I responded, but it wasn't like viral video kind of response, which, which if you stop and think about, was probably the goal, right? Yeah, what you want to see, your pastor, right? Ugly, right? But I walked away and I looked at my wife and I said, what just happened? Well, what is going on? We walk by this woman and she just screams out at us. And it dawns on me, start asking that question, what's really happening here, right? Because, it, man, it's a lot better just to walk by and smile than it is to be all over TikTok. All right. Um, so, yeah, well, this, this, you know, brings up a great point is that some people would imagine and think this spiritual warfare is just a mindset. And, and, and there is a lot of battles that we can't win in our mind, but this was not something in your head. This is an actual person in front of you, uh, testing your, uh, sanctification. Yeah. With my practicality Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that question about what happens in the mind, you know, is this just a mindset thing? It's both. Right. For a whole lot of people, all the spiritual warfare that, that you personally struggle with will be right here. So we have a young man in our church. He's a great young guy. We're really pursuing Jesus. And he comes to me and says, I feel inadequate. I feel inadequate for what God has called me to. I just don't feel like I can do this job. I just don't feel like I can. He said, so bad, man. It's like pan I'm, I'm getting panicky. And I said, well, dude, you sleeping with women? We're very frank with people. <laughs> That's true. And he said, uh, no. I said, you drinking, doing drugs? No. I said, well, where do you think your struggle will be? Well, I mean, Satan wins if he can get you to look at yourself and think you're worthless. And I need you to see that even though that is a battle in the mind, it's just as real as the guy who's looking at a bottle wanting to pick it up. That both of them are real. When Jesus dealt with people in the New Testament, he walked up to one man and he would heal him of a physical infirmity. The next guy it would be a spiritual infirmity. How did he know the difference? Well, he was Jesus. But they were both real. So we do in both worlds, right? We do in the physical and in the spiritual. That's really good. And before, because I want to talk about this demonic physical stuff in a minute, but you know, as we're thinking, as I'm listening to this story that you're, you're ta talking about is, you know, for this particular person, right? It really was a truth battle. It wasn't necessarily a physical, powerful convert, like switch street. It was about what's true. Right. And so when we're thinking about how do we win and live victoriously in our, in our spiritual, our life, it's not about what can we personally by our own power do. It's really about what is the truth that we're believing. It's not a power encounter. It's a truth encounter. And then when we believe what Jesus has said, if we believe what Jesus has done now, we have the authority and the power to walk forward in freedom. What he said about you, right? Who you are in Christ. What has Jesus declared to be true about you because of your relationship with him? And live in that, right? Yeah. Know that and live in that and, de and, and, and declare that to be true because the enemy, the deceiver, will yeah, come and good. tell you it's not true. So, all right, let's change. Let's switch arms, okay? Because we don't have a lot of time. I wish we had all day, but we don't. Um, 
I've heard you talk about a story uh, from India. And, and so I just want to say to us, there is a difference, right? Uh, there are people that go on these third world evangelistic mission trips and they come home and they have these crazy demonic stories. I know you've had an experience, right? Would you just share that with us? So in 2000, I spent 16 days in India, uh, three of which were crusade, 13 of which were knocking on doors. We didn't paint houses. We didn't roof places. We did an evangelistic trip. Again, push, get the push back, right? You push in, you get the push back. So we go on into these little villages and these little tiny homes and, and people are pushing into these houses to where you, you can't move. And they're having to lock the doors to keep people from pushing the door open on top of people. They open their windows and people are hanging in the windows to hear the gospel. And it's, it's, it's very much like what happened in the book of Acts. And uh, we're teaching in one of these little houses. It's hot, got interpreters. And this uh, Indian woman reaches up, wraps her hand around her hair, and starts pulling chunks of her scalp and hair out. I don't mean wow. strands of hair. She is pulling big old chunks of hair out and starts screaming. And women uh, in India are very, very, very modest. They cover every square inch of everything. And she just starts disrobing in the middle of this um, little home and starts taking her her wraps off and uh, gets on the ground and starts crawling across the room like a snake toward us. Wow. Okay, so I'm with the team. I've got about four guys with me. A couple of them are in college. And uh, they were climbing up on chairs trying to get away from this woman because wow. this was this was a what-are-you-going-to-do moment that my my Sunday school lesson didn't prepare me for this. Well, right. And so we start quoting scripture because truth. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. And we sang the song, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Well, and she collapsed on the ground, just collapsed. Laid there in the middle of the floor. We went on teaching a few minutes. She got up, re-robed herself and went and sat in the corner. Uh, hard to believe. Yeah. And yeah, if I'm out there listening, I'm going, oh, okay, what was really happening? No, and I think that's the thing. You know, I love you. Uh, you're my pastor, and so I, and so I trust you. Um, and I think that's what's, what is so difficult with spiritual warfare is that there's real true stories that sometimes it's just so hard to believe. And so we don't want to believe it, so we don't believe it. Or people think you're crazy. Right. Well, this, that was our family story. We've, we've done, so we've seen some things in different countries, but, but as when Alice and I first got married, we were living at our, our house. We had Max. Uh, there was a season that we lived with my parents. And, th and in that season, one of our kids began to, to see these shadowy figures. And it was so difficult for us because we wanted to talk about it, but it's kind of like, who are we? Are these people now? Right. I was, a, I was in the ministry, right? So like, are these people going to now think I'm a part of a movement that I haven't decided if I'm a part of yet? I mean, what are these people going to think as I start talking about my kids seeing shadowy figures? And so, especially if you're in a denomination that never talks about it. Right. 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 But you know what? I found so much freedom is that when we began to talk about it with just, a, a, I will say our close friends, right? that there were more people that we encountered that had dealt with spiritual battles that they didn't know who to talk to about. We found so much freedom in just being able to talk and share. So we're, we're going to have a response time at the end of this, and the response times have been unbelievable. Yeah. But Wednesday night, we had a response time, and a very uh, professional man uh, came down and just wept. And he said, nobody will believe me. He said, I've dealt with stuff like this my whole life, and nobody would believe me. He said, the only people who even believe this is true are Catholic people. <laughs> 
Since I've been raised in the Protestant church, I can't have nobody to talk to about what's happening in my life. And uh, I just I just need you to, to, to live life understanding that there that what is unseen is very real. That's really good. The so how about this? Does our church just wanting to understand what you think about this, does our church experience spiritual warfare? And if so, how do we experience spiritual warfare? So if you remember, Jesus got his group of 12 guys following him. He couldn't get any better than that. And uh, walk with him for three and a half years. Toward the end of that, uh, Peter starts trying to convince Jesus, don't go to the cross. And Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a picture. We talked about wheat and tares. Yeah. That the enemy sows the tares among the wheat to limit crop production. That is the church. And that is to create discord in the church so that the purposes of God cannot be achieved. Yes, spiritual things, spiritual warfare happens in the church. You know, John 17, Jesus actually prays for our unity. And so it would make a lot of sense, right? That if Jesus is praying that we would be unified in spirit and truth, that there would be something trying to break up the unity that Jesus actually prayed about that. Matthew 24. Yeah, you know, I began to just research how does a church battle spiritual warfare and how does it deal with that? One of the things I found so interesting is that in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, the, the disciples are coming to Jesus. They're asking him, hey, what does it look like? What is, what's going to happen in the end times, basically? Okay. And you guys probably know the, the passage way better than I do, but it's like, you know, there's going to be wars and rumors of war. And you know, the scripture, there's going to be kingdom fighting against kingdom. There's going to be earthquakes and volcanoes. And then all of a sudden it gets to the church. And, and I think what's so interesting in Matthew 24, 10 is he says that there will be people that first get offended Mm-hmm. And so the book is about the spirit of offense. So Satan's bait, if you will, is that we would get offended. But from our offendedness, we would begin to gossip. And out of our gossip, there would come hatred. So how does Satan work within the local church? Well, through the spirit of offense. And division. And division. Absolutely. And this, this particular uh, author wrote, and I thought this was so interesting, is that the more likely you are to be offended, the more likely you are to be used by Satan. And so what a great question. How easily are we offended? Yeah, so so easily in churches, right? When you step back and you look at the church, the bigger picture of church, and how easily people are offended, and then the world's out there, and they're going, well, people are supposed to love people at church more than anywhere else. Yeah. And it's supposed to get them yeah. home better, and they fight all the time. And who's winning? Who's winning? Hmm. Right. I, I mean, literally, just, and even in our homes, right? Wow. Second to the church being a de- bad testimony is our homes. Is right followers of Jesus that we wow. can get along with our mates and our kids. Who's winning again? It, again, ask what's happening, what's going on behind what we see and what we're doing. That's really good. You know, Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13, love is not easily offended. How different, how about this? How different would our lives be if, I love what you practically said, if we literally, if something catches us wrong in our spirit, if we just simply said, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, simple stuff, big results. Simple stuff, yeah, big results. So uh, not only, uh, the weed and tear things is really fascinating when I heard you to speak, preach on that the first time. So again, clearly there are, say, I'll say satanic, spiritual forces of evil things around us. Um, do you think there's demons here? Sure. Absolutely. Who? who? What? <laughs> <laughs> Where at? Where at? Uh, you know, what do we do? Uh, we pray. Um, 
we'll we'll do five baptisms. There are a lot of people who are going to be baptized this service and the next ser- next service. And so we, in terms of the the Bible, we're pushing into the darkness. Mm-hmm. Well, when you push in, you're going to get a push back. And so be aware of that. If you're growing spiritually, personally, same thing. Push in, push back. Just know it's coming, and be wise in how you handle it. So pray. Yeah, and don't be, take things too seriously, right? We talked about the spirit of offense again. You know, what would it look like, again, if we actually believe the best from when it, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, But I don't know, maybe this is new, but do you guys realize not everything is about you? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like sometimes people just have a bad day. And if we begin to think in ourselves, hey, that was snippy, sure. But that's not about me. Yeah, something else is going on. How about about instead of being angry, we prayed that whatever's going on in our brother or sister's lives is resolved, right? I think that's so good. Don't take things too seriously. Pray. What's something else that we can do as a church? Well, uh, don't do anything without God's go, his green light. So David, we've been reading about this in the Bible reading plan. Mm-hmm. God, do I go fight the Philistines today? Do you get how simple that is? That's what his job was. Wow. But do I do that today? God says, yeah, go. His advisors go, don't do this. He goes, about God, you sure? God says, yes. He goes, he wins. Right? Wow. Make sure you get the green light. And, I, and nothing's too big for that or too little for that. Uh, I mean, you got to have a hard conversation with your mate. Before you have that hard conversation, make sure you got grit, God's green light to add it. That's really what good. difference that makes. That's really good. So that's what we do as a church. What? So we're, we can't stay here forever, right? We got, we're going to go home here in a little bit. So when we leave, we go home. What is, what can we be doing to not only, you know, prepare for this series, but just live life practically in victory? Live like it's real. Yeah. Live like it's real. Walk out of here going, I'm going to view life differently. I'm going to believe that what is unseen is more real than what is seen. And I'm going to filter my life. That's really good. You know, another thing is just continue to show up. What we've talked about in our Bible reading plan, but also in our discipleship will, is the first step in, in growing to maturity is just showing up and learning what it is that God has wanted Listen to you read. That's good. Listen and read. Uh, last thing is don't be afraid. Um, yeah. Do not live in fear. We live in Christ. The war is over. The battle's still going on. All right? We're victors. The Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So there's a, one of my favorite verses is 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Uh, and there's a Greek word that's used four times in two verses. That's very, very, very rare. Um, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. Victory is the same word in the Greek that has overcome the world, our faith, who is the one that overcomes the world, the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So a few years ago, um, I'm losing some battles in my family life. Mm. Uh, and I got tired I got tired of losing them uh, with adult kids and, and them making just bad decisions. And uh, I, I sat down with my wife, and, and we were actually on vacation, and I said, babe, I'm fixing to have a verse tattooed on my body. It will become the prayer for my family because I am tired. I'm tired of watching Satan have my day. And uh, began to study scripture to try to find it. In my, and my verse was here. So I do not have that tattooed all over me, just for the record. Uh, but I have a word. I have that word, the word overcomer and the word victory tattooed on the back of my arm. My wife has it tattooed right there on her wrist. And that has become our prayer for our family that, man, you, whatever is born of God will overcome this world. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And 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 I got tired of losing that fight. And you know, you you maybe you're tired. Wow. 
Maybe you fought the same marriage argument for the umpteenth time and you are just tired of losing. Or the same sin issue. Or the same parenting issue. Or the same internal voice that keeps calling you by your sin because that's what Satan does. He calls you, he knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. But God knows your sin and calls you by your name and maybe you're tired of losing that pipe. We're going to give you the opportunity uh, to come and pray. All of our ministry staff that is free and available is in the room today. And uh, would you bow your heads, heads with us for just a moment and, let, and let's talk about that for just a second. Maybe you just needed the affirmation that somebody else in this world is dealing with things that are unseen and you're not in it by yourself. And you're tired of losing that and you just want somebody to pray with you. Or maybe you want somebody to pray with your family. Or somebody to pray for your marriage. Or maybe for the first time you have looked at that sin issue that you cannot seem to whip. And you realize, I have never gone to war over this. I've never looked at it and said, listen, there are things going on. There, there, there's a spiritual force that wants to devour my life, my family, my testimony. And we're just going to open up here in just a moment for prayer. Our ministers will be here. And I'm going to pray for freedom. I'm going to pray for freedom and humility that, that we can just deal with what needs to be dealt with. Father, thank you so much for all that you have done today. I know the room's full. Father, there are people worshiping in the foyer. I pray for freedom for them. And God, I pray that we'd be able to deal with stuff, Father, for the first time in our life to see it like it really is. Father, to pray for our kids, our marriages. Father, our sin issues that we just can't seem to beat, that we'd begin to live in victory, Father, because of who we are in Christ. Father, because what's available to us, Father, that we would live in the truth of what you have declared about us. We are who you say we are. We are what you say we are. Father, we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand? Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.